live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Yeah, we got a throwback Thursday. The old crew, John Von Tobel and Adam Hill and myself, Cofield, all here. Angel, part of the crew as well. TBT at Silver 7's. Before we get into the Big Five, I was just asking Adam about the uh, massive hockey hit last night in the Montreal and uh, Peg game. Shifley comes down the ice, absolute destruction. I thought it was one of those cases where a guy's going hard, the player turns the wrong way, and the outcome looks vicious as hell, and then you yeah. got the guy laid out. I didn't think it was a terrible play. As you said, trying to you know save the final chances the Jets have in the game. Um, if I were basing it on recent suspensions, Ryan Reeves got two games, Shifley should get one. I don't think there was intent behind Shifley. Yeah. With Reeves, he was ripping someone's hair out. Right. He got two games. Shifley gets one. And it looks worse. Like, that's that's the issue. You're- well, we couldn't see what Reeves was doing. This right. is in the open, and then it's like tilt-a-whirl in the air, like you know some kind of high-flying wrestling move. But it, but it's one of those bang-bang plays. The, the, the guy coming in hard can't just change the direction he's in. Yeah, and because it's out in the open and because it looks worse, you're going to have – And he knocked him out. It's results-based thinking. It's, it's well, this is – look what happened from the hit. Well, that shouldn't be what it is. It should be whether the hit was intentional, whether it was illegal, all those other things. And, yeah, I think it rose to the level of being punishable. But I didn't think it was as bad as people were making it out to be. And I, I definitely thought the – he didn't have any intent except to injure was just silly and stupid. Uh, he was trying to stop a goal from being scored. And, by the way, a goal that iced the game and clinched it. Uh, in a playoff series. So uh, for all those reasons, I thought people went a little bit too extreme with it. But now we do see a a penalty. The suspension has been issued today, actually while we were just at break. So between the time we were talking about it and now, it's come out, and it looks like four games for Mark Shifley. That seems a little excessive. I would agree with the sentiment that the intent was just to do your job as a hockey player not to harm the person in front of you. And he was going fast on the ice, man. Like, he, he was trucking. It, it looks Why can't worse. he stop himself? I mean, I mean you can't. You, you can't. I know. Right. Well, and, and even even more specifically on that play, I saw people showing the still frame when he was, like, three feet away. And that, okay, if he wants to stop the goal, stick your, you know, put your stick out there and, and break it up. I'm like, yeah, with a freeze frame, it's easy to say that maybe there was time to get your stick right. in. Right. <laughs> When, when you're skating at top speed with ice slushing around in your face, like you, you don't have the same perspective that someone watching on freeze frame. Adam does. knows what it's like to go really fast I on do. the ice. I do. Slushing around. Yeah. Can I, it's a very good verb. Can I just say, too, the freeze frame analysis always irritates me about social media. Of course. Right? It was the same thing with Rodgers on the touchdown thing. It was like, look at all the room he had. I'll leave out that Jason Pierre-Paul was running in the same direction over here in this corner, but look at all like, the freeze frame stuff bothers me. Like, in action, you have no idea what's actually happening. Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. Well, some teams are out of the NBA playoffs. Some teams are almost out of the NBA playoffs. Lakers better get it done tonight. We've got the game right here on ESPN Las Vegas. But last night, boy, that wasn't much of a fight. We are the New York Knicks. We are the New York Knicks. Did Spike Lee stay at the game singing that Till the very end. 
Well, here's the thing. Or did he pull a LeBron and AD and walk off the court, walk out of the arena with 549 left? So 96-80, there's 316 left to go in the fourth quarter. Cameras pan over to find Spike Lee walking out of the arena. Gets ah. up out of his seats, and he leaves. Now, here's the thing. Reggie Miller immediately starts clowning on him on the broadcast about leaving early. I would say a minute and a half passes, and all of a sudden you see Spike Lee jogging right back out to his seat. No. I am 100% of the belief he was leaving early, but then got a text and was like, bro, they are clowning you on the broadcast right now for leaving early. You have to go back. And so he went back. Tell me I'm wrong. Probably. What if he just had to go to the bathroom? With 3.16 left in the fourth quarter? No. It's possible. You win at halftime. He's an old man. I was going to say, I know the old man in the bladder thing. No. No. Maybe he was getting food. No. With 3.16 left to go in the fourth quarter? You never know. No. There is no shot. He was leaving early. He got caught. And somebody was looking out for him. was like, you better get back because you're going to look terrible. Because you're sitting there giving coaching tips to players while they're inbounding balls. But you can't sit there when you're down 16 with New York. And stick through the bitter end. Let's go, dude. New York traffic, bro. <laughs> Number four. You know, we brought up the story of the T-Wolves and the agreement in place, A-Rod and a super rich guy going to buy the team from Glenn Taylor. And then someone noticed that Taylor had said, hey, you know what? Good to go. Selling it. They're not moving. And then someone looked through the contract. They're like, yeah, it doesn't, the deal doesn't say that. They're not prohibited from moving the team. So now what? Is A-Rod looking to move the team? So the Pioneer Press, Charlie Walters, published like a, a notes column on Saturday with a lot of stuff. And apparently one of the uh, notes that he had put in there was that uh, Rodriguez's group was planning to involve Kevin Garnett in the franchise. Here we go, Vegas. We're getting an NBA team before we get the A's. According to Walters, Rodriguez's group would like to move the Timberwolves. Do it. Vegas, 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 Vegas. To Seattle. What? KG, on the other hand. I had no idea that was coming. KG, on the other hand. Okay. Wants to keep them in Seattle, or to keep them in Minnesota. What a nightmare. Never like KG. So we're screwed. We're never getting an NBA team. I don't think we're screwed. We're getting, all, an, we're getting an expansion over. team anyway. It's all over. They want the no, whatever no. expansion fee is now, $17 billion. As it's long As long as the NBA rules... In the expansion draft, only allow each team to protect four players. Yeah. And teams are going to give up a lot to get the Vegas team to draft certain players. To I mean, make, make sure that year one Vegas NBA team is a 50-win team. You're allowed to protect one guard, one forward, one center. Like, that's it. Yeah. Why, Why not? Even? Why protect anyone? Wide open. Actually, how about how we can only protect centers? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all you can protect. Yeah. Vegas gets... Like uh, they'll have, they'll have Trey Young backing up Devin Booker. Oh boy, <laughs> it'd be my NBA 2K team all over. Look at Luca. It'd be great. The Vegas Venom. What was that? That's my NBA 2K team. What? How do you was make a sound? Was that a was that a hiss? Yeah. But how do you make a sound on 2K? Well, that's what I do every time we score a bucket. You don't do that every time. You In score. my living room, yes, I do. It's exhausting. I know because I'm so good. Although the games that are not very good, there's not much going on. What about Retro Bowl? I don't have a sound for my Retro Bowl team. <laughs> what about Soccer Strike? Ooh, okay. I'm going to look this up now. It's <laughs> yes, a new one. Number three. NBA game one tonight has started. We got Portland laying five against Denver. 
Phoenix, Lakers, 7.30. And, yeah, reality's here. LeBron and Dame Lillard both facing elimination. We just went through some of the over-under props for LeBron. Mm. Over-under 29.5 points. Double-double uh, minus 230. Triple-double plus 300. John, who comes up bigger tonight individually? Is this a walk-away or a walk-over? Is it Dame or is it LeBron? And, and I guess more importantly, does that mean you win? Because Dame scored 55 and they still blew the game at the end. I would say that Damian Lillard has an easier time to go. What is, what is the phrase you're using? Come up big? So I will say that Damian Lillard comes up big. Ad, big Adams, Adams verbiage. Good. Does that mean come up big and win? Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I just mean like. You great. put the question out. What does it mean? Right, yeah. I don't know. Like, come up big. Like, I, like Damian Lillard, the last game, came up big. Like, there's only so much he can do <laughs> to will his team to victory. CJ McCollum, how about you don't step out of bounds? <laughs> Coving, Robert Covington, how about you don't miss a wide-open dunk? One of 19, the rest of the Blazers, and two overtimes. Right. So, I, I feel like he came up pretty big. Like, he forces overtime. They don't get it done. And can you imagine that huddle? You hit the three, and you're like, okay, guys, I got us to a second one. Can we please get something? And instead, you get McCollum stepping out of bounds. So, I mean, which one is more likely to keep their season alive, I guess, would be the, the other. Well, I think that keeps reframing the question. Well, I think it's also Dame, though, right? Okay. I mean, they're their favorite to win the game by more than the Lakers are. So, theoretically, it would be Damian Lillard. That's an easy answer. Good enough. He got what he wanted. We finally got to it. Number two. Did Celtics fans get what they wanted? They lose Danny Ainge. Brad Stevens goes upstairs. Pretty good coach. Who knows who the hell they're going to hire. I hope Becky Hammond. I think it'll be a good match with the Boston market. Uh, Stephen A. looked at this completely differently. I love Boston market. Uh, He looks at Stevens as a guy whose job was on the line. Chatter about it in the middle of the season. And he cannot believe that Stevens is not the coach anymore. but, But he's moving upstairs. It's moments like this where I get on people's nerve, particularly white America and the NBA community specifically, because I point out it's beautiful to be a white guy. It's just beautiful. John, do you agree? I mean, can, how can you disagree? I'm saying as a white guy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. How, how can you disagree? Like, I think there's a lot of people who heard that are like, what? I mean, it ain't that easy. <laughs> right. You can't make jokes anymore. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I can't stare at a woman. I can't ogle her anymore. What am I supposed to do in this country? No groping. <laughs> no, can't use racial epithets anymore. I feel like you guys are not describing. You got the, people that are getting jobs over me. I think you you're. Gotta, des- I feel like you're describing a guy's guy now. <laughs> no, that was that whole that whole race for a look, week to def- to define I, what a guy's guy is. I will always say I I believe that 100. percent A year ago, I was going 110 miles an hour. On the 15, coming back home right in front of the M, I got pulled over and then let go with a warning. How many times is that happening for people like people of color? I told the Probably story not very often. I told the story like six months ago that I'd been driving with my headlights out for like five months and didn't care. Still right. haven't gotten it fixed. Right. Don't care. It's not gonna. Now I'm you're just, pulled over. Now you're just like, asking. Like, like if Metro's listening, okay, okay, guys. Well, now you're just flaunting it a little bit. Cut it out. Now the, the police officer knew who I was and. and Made a request. Wow. Stop. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Because I like the show. Yeah. <laughs> Big fan of V-CIN. 
He, uh, he let I have me no go idea with if the, that's Metro guy voice. I don't know either, but he just he came up to the car and he goes, all right, you can get out of here. Just do me a favor. Talk more about those Boston teams on your Shut show. Shut up. Yep. <laughs> 100%. And, I was, really? and Isabel, my wife, got very mad because that was the second time in less than a year that I got pulled over and let off with a warning for no reason. She's mad. Why? Because she feels like I should have been punished. Oh wow, that that's a topic for another day. Oh, well, trust me. The wife, the wife rooting against the husband. Like, I, you need to learn a lesson. As, I rolled through a stop no, sign. As a non-white, that takes pre- the, her non-whiteness takes precedent over Very true. her her husband. My wife is a one hundred percent you know full-blooded Mexican woman, so that's probably why. Uh, but like, I got pulled over for rolling through a stop sign, and the cop go. The cop tells me something along the lines of, "You know, you can't do that. That's dangerous." And she goes, "I tell him all the time." I'm like, you're trying to pile up. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? I'm trying to get out of this. Like, like, whose side are you on? So, yes, it's great to be a white man. It's like, I don't think how you can argue against it. All I right. get privileges because of the way that I look. So let's let Stephen A. finish the rant. Keep going, Stephen A. But somehow, somewhere, you moving upstairs. And the paucity of opportunities for African-Americans continue to dwindle and dwindle and dwindle. We talked about the coach. We didn't even get into black folks in executive positions. We got one black man. With power. I'm talking about one dude, and his name is Masai Ujiri in Toronto. In the NBA, a black dude in the United States that's making the final call on basketball-related matters. I don't know how you can disagree with that. It does seem odd. Right. Well, basketball isn't really a sport that's, that's played outside the white community. So... I mean, all the players are white. Why wouldn't all the executives be white? Very good point. The NBA is fighting the same battle that lots of other sports are fighting. College football, first and foremost. The NFL. I like. I don't want to hear it. Oh, it takes time. But the people doing the hiring, the people who are in power, are not diverse. This is my turn now. What's it going to be about race, Steve? I just want someone who's qualified to do the job. Well, there's, that's Qualifications the thing, is are all that matters in the world of sports. There's tons of qualified people. Unfortunately, not enough of them get looks. Of course. Uh, one more from Stephen A. NBA players are some of the most powerful people in this world. When have they spoken up for black coaches? When? When have they spoken up for black executives, GMs, president of basketball operations? When has that happened? LeBron, all of them, everybody. Where the hell have they been? Nobody's done anything. And then when we go, we the media, we bring it up. And you got white folks out here going to sit up there and look at Stephen A. And say, oh, here he is bringing up race. And none of the black players speak up and say, yo, he got a point. Yo, he's right. Yo, there's something that needs to be done here. Do y'all want me to bring up the Rooney rule and how it might be needed in basketball? Oh, I forgot. I can't do that. Why? Because the Rooney rule ain't even working in the damn NFL. So when are we going to say something about it? I'm, you know what? I'm going to walk away. I'll be right back because I'm scared I'm going to say something that might get me in trouble because I'm pissed. I'm pissed. Wow. I like it. I'm pissed. I'm pissed. Let me go back to the beginning of that comment because my first thought was when Stephen A. was saying, you know, when I mention it, how come NBA players don't back me up? This is really interesting. While there's an overall cause here, something to be concerned about, if you go down to the micro, if you're an NBA player and Stephen A has destroyed you in the past, 
do you have his back? Like, I wonder how many players heard this and are like, bruh, you've been ripping us. I mean, you were laughing. You were doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on Kwame Brown. Wait, now you want me to have your back? You're making money off of us. And, I, I, and again, should you take the high road and talk about the overall concern and, you know, hey, Stephen A is a loud guy. He's got some power and back him up. Yeah, but it ain't that easy. Yeah, I would think that, and again, like this is a topic that I really have no insight on, not being black and or a basketball player, but I would assume that you would be able to put that aside for a larger cause. But again, I don't know how easy it is to say that. Right? I don't. I don't know. You know I, mean? I don't. I don't think it is that easy. Right. If you're Kevin Durant, are you like, oh yeah, Stephen A, who you know, in years past has essentially threatened me. It doesn't, like, like, I'll expose your secrets. Well, Stephen A presents it in the case of, I've been talking about this, right? But, like, you don't need to. Like, if you're Kevin Durant to just keep up this example, Kevin Durant doesn't need to go to the pulpit and go, Stephen A. Smith has a great point. No, he just has to go echo the message that Stephen A. Smith is putting out there. So if you were, as a basketball player, saying, we got to stick up for minority coaches and executives in this league because Stephen A. Smith made me mad that one time. Like, no, I, I think there's – you would I think it would be easier to – echo the message without giving the messenger credit in this instance. And these are all hard situations to deal with and force change because every single one, almost every single one of them individually, you're like, well, this happened. This is how that makes sense. The Brad Stevens case, to me, that's a power play. Danny Ainge fought to keep Stevens, fought off apparently a couple people in upper management, maybe some of the owners who wanted to fire Stevens. So then he's like, oh, you want to do that to me? Well, I'm walking, and guess what? I have the final decision. Now he's in my position. Now you can't do anything. But when, but like, so you understand the situation in this spot. But when you look at the big picture, you're like, okay, we got a problem. Why is 13 year old Brad Stevens now managing the Celtics when he was a, a, a solid NBA coach? I think he's a top 10 guy, right? Hasn't made a finals yet, made three conference finals. Good coach, not an all timer, not great, but he gets a bump up in his early 40s. No, I, like, I, I completely understand that. You know, we were talking about this on social media, right? I, I disagreed with Xavier Pope when he was painting Brad Stevens as a fail. Like, what did he say, failing upward? Yeah. I, I think his way – like, that's not true, right? You go to back-to-back national championship games with Butler. You go to three Eastern Conference Finals as a head coach of the Boston Celtics. Like, that's not failure. That's success. Having said that, while I don't think he's a failure as a head coach, I have no idea if he's qualified to be a front office president of basketball operations. Like, that feels like something that's completely different. We'll see how long like he is for this job. I mean, they still could get rid of him. It's not like he's untouchable, untouchable. Mm-hmm. They can still force him out at some point. I think this is a power play by Danny Ainge to keep his guy in place, but we'll see how long that lasts. Number one. Still speechless. Man, I sat there for like five minutes after the game last night watching the Golden Knights. Lose that one after playing so well in the second, pretty well in the third. Just a freaking onslaught against Grubauer. Shot after shot after shot after shot. The shot count was ridiculous from the second period on. They just could not score the go-ahead goal. They had so many good opportunities. What was the mood of both teams afterwards? Uh, Was the thing they talked about the most the silly slashing penalty in the overtime? What was the mood afterwards? Well, I mean, obviously, uh, me being on the Colorado calls – it was a lot of – it wasn't even jubilation. I think it was relief to kind of get through it, to be up 2 nothing, to not have squandered that first game. I mean, it would have been a disaster to squander away how good you were in game one and only be tied and lose home advantage 
by losing game two. So I think there was a lot of relief and then just a lot of certainly they were asked about the penalty and they all just said, hey, it's the right call. It's obvious. It's the letter of the law call. And and then there was the absolute celebration of Grubauer, which I think is completely fair. He was unbelievable in that game. Just tremendous sensational. Whatever word you want to use, he was that. He was incredible. And that's what enabled them to kind of survive that onslaught. And then, you know, he didn't score the goal. Obviously, he's the goalie. But he kept him in it. And then it allowed for Rantanen to, to find that shot and to beat Flurry. And, you know, as good as Flurry was and people are excited about you know, him being in net and, and being there the rest of the way, maybe coming home and winning a couple. As good as he's been, Grubauer was better. And he, he just was. And and Flurry, listen, kept him kept him there for a while, but eventually he was beaten by a really nice shot, and Grubauer was just never really beaten. I wonder how bad Flurry felt looking out at how tight the game was with the first goal he gave up. What a bizarro goal. Yeah. Well, and again, as John mentioned earlier, it was it was tricky. Like he went to stop it because you assume it to have some pace on it, and then it, it gets through you because it's going so slow. It's like it's like trying to catch a uh, change, uh, really like trying to catch a knuckleball. I think would be the better description. Where you could look silly as a catcher, just waiting for the ball to come in, like you should be able to catch it. It's easy. It was an ephus, but pitch. it's not. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and then the opposite on the last shot, which I think was on Flurry as well. Uh, he got to see all of it. He got to see the whole thing. Uh, was was faced up, ready to go, and just tried to kind of shoulder block it, which he had done earlier in the game, with a bit softer of a shot. Here, but the puck was moving incredibly fast, and uh, he tips it right into, you know, it, it just it, it goes off the shoulder and in. And it just it's unfortunate, but it, again, it was a shot that he probably should have had. Amazing! So many chances. Uh, unofficially, what, eight post hit, get all the, the runs at Grubauer where they couldn't lift the puck. We'll continue on the nights and the fact that they're down 2 nothing, and it just doesn't feel like the series should be that way. They dominated for a good part of the game last night. They held off the freaking onslaught in the first, and somehow they're coming home. I mean, it, this is what the way the series works. It's not like they're out of it, right? But uh, the Avs did what they needed to do, and they lead it to nothing. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Now, back to Cofield and Company. McKinnon, deals away on the forehand, near side, Nico Rantanen, SCORE! Radio, Connor McGahey on the call. Up yours, buddy. Up yours. Traitor. They want it 2 nothing. Game three is here tomorrow. And everyone in the Avs media, they knew it. Every, every story I saw tagged. Avs steal one. Avs escape. They know what they saw. They know what they saw. I don't know how many would admit that the overtime penalty call was soft. You don't think it was, though? It was correct. So, soft. I think you could be soft and correct. Right. John? I agree with that. Like, soft is technically correct, right? Soft is barely meeting the requirements of the penalty, but still meeting the requirements of the penalty. Uh, Ticky-tack. 
it really is an automatic call if it's knocked out. Now the, the question is, was it knocked out or was it dropped? And I, I still think there's a gray area there. Like, yeah. I do think it was knocked out, but I think it was because he was carrying it loosely. For fans who are pissed, I mean, you know, bottom line, and one difference here, when uh, Rantanen got his chance at the shot, guess what he did? He freaking lifted it and almost put it through Flurry's skull before it bounced in to the goal. And the Knights had plenty of opportunities like that where, you know, maybe they had Grubauer out of position for a second and they couldn't lift it. They couldn't, you know, they couldn't get it high enough. Everything got stopped. So they did control their own destiny. And now what you're facing here is you've got an Avs team that's won, what, 11 in a row since May 5th. The, what is it, Grubauer's on a 10-game win streak in the playoffs. By the way, um, this is a kind of a convoluted number, but President's uh, Trophy winners to start a postseason 6-0. and Last couple times out, uh, Rangers, 94, won the Stanley Cup. 99 stars, won the Stanley Cup. I mean, there's a lot of numbers working against the Golden Knights right now. But if you want to be glass half full, glass overflowing guy, if they can replicate that performance often, maybe not the first period, but as you pointed out, they blocked a lot of shots. Yeah, they were getting freaking yeah. blistered in their own zone, but Fleury didn't have to face you know a ton. He faced some good quality shots. He made some amazing saves. So yeah. can they build on this? And mentally, are they like, hey, we're we're in this, even though we're down to nothing, we are in this. I think they can. I think they can build off of it. I think that they could play um, a little bit better. Uh, even than they did. I think they could come out on fire in game, you know, in, in the first period of game three. And I think they could win game three. I, th- I think all those things are possible. Um, but there is, you know, there, there is now a lot of, there's no margin for error. That's really what you've lost. You've lost your margin for error. Because I think if you go, if you go on the road and split in the first two, then, you know, you could split at home in those next two. And then it's a three game series. Anything can happen. I think you're fine. But you've lost that margin of error because you don't want to go down 3-1. Uh, not to this team. And it would be uh, – th- that would be awful. You have to win both games at home. And so that that's the position that they put themselves in. That's what they've eliminated. They don't have that ability to lose a game here and still win the series. Got to win 4-5. to five. All right, parking details coming up. Parking press conference today with Mark Bedane and lots of other luminaries around Las Vegas. We'll get some more details on what the parking plan is for – Game day at the Owl. With 77 cent Bud Light bottles, Golden Knights hockey game nights are great at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Now, back to Cofield and Company. You see on the maps behind me the parking fees. Uh, they range from $40 to $100 in the Raider controlled lots and the Legion Stadium controlled lots. They average about $75. That's comparable with NFL stadiums around the league. We did survey, like I said, we did survey our fans. Um, I think they're going to be surprised at how affordable the parking is. They were willing to pay substantially more, certainly to park closer and adjacent to the stadium. Wait a nation, let's go, let's go. Wait a nation, let's go, let's go. Wait a nation, are you ready for some football? You ain't ready for no football. You ain't ready for Big press conference today, Mark Bedane, president of the Raiders. Head honchos from MGM. Bosses at RTC all meeting up. Rah, rah, here we go. Here's the plan. Here's the plan. So Mark Bedane saying 75 bucks is going to be the average to park for the games. Uh, on the thread that I saw from 8 News Now, complete shock. 
Well, I mean, that goes that goes hand in hand with what we've experienced from the beginning of the NFL coming here, right? Where oh, and, not, by, sh- and by the way, it was not like it wasn't the sports section. It wasn't Chris Matthews sending it out. Right. It was news. So they're going to have people who are not necessarily sports fans, but like just cracks left and right about what a ripoff that is. That's oh. that is what NFL stadiums charge forty to hundred, and there are times if you want to get real close in some cities, hundred. Well, that's luck. I, I admit I was shocked. Right. I thought it was, it was going to be more. Yeah, exactly. I was shocked. Well, I, I don't – I'll just tell you this. I don't believe – the Raiders have 13,000 parking spots they control. There's another 22,000 amongst the 35. I wonder what the charges will be if they're all locked in at a cap of $100. Here's a little more of a Dan. Let's get, get through some of these cuts. It's, it's kind of interesting, and then we'll get the reaction from you guys. There's no shortage of parking options available. Uh, the NFL, when they send out parking surveys, they usually ask for how many spaces you have within a mile radius of the stadium. And while obviously a mile is too long for some patrons to walk, most people uh, in most NFL markets are willing to walk that far to come to the games. Again, we'll have shuttles for those that can't make the walk. But within a mile of this stadium are 35,000 parking spots. When we surveyed our fans, like I mentioned earlier, we found that we needed about 12,000. So we do feel that we have oversupply. Okay, so oversupply. This is just a guess. And, again, we're just reacting. This is early on. We're starting to get some of the numbers. But Dane even said, like, we're, we're going to – this will be tweaked. We don't know exactly, you know, all the plans around the stadium and, you know, transportation to and from. Do you believe that it, it, it will be capped at 100 bucks? Or, if I mean, if I'm, if I'm at Mandalay, $100. You want to park that close? 500 yeah, not, it's not capped. At, it's capped at 100 for what the the Raiders controlled lots. I don't. Right? That's what I'm at. I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't know. There, there's you have zero, there's no way to cap a, what a private business charges. What I'm asking is, I wonder if they have an agreement that hey, this is where we're going to cap it at. But my I, my guess is no. No, but I don't know. No, something I, we can you know we'll look into. That's, that was my first question. Was these properties that aren't under that umbrella? What you're going to have to pay for is somebody who wants to park in those areas because theoretically, like I can park in your parking garage, leave, and never you know, use any of your amenities, right, come back and then just drive away, like, I would think that those would be a little bit more expensive. Well, I'd, I'd imagine they at least have one floor or one part of the garage or even one garage yeah. that's only, you know, for a certain status at your casino. And so that you're paying way more than that for parking. You're, you're probably losing a lot of money on slot machines to do that. We have 13,000 spots that are under our complete control, meaning we either own them either on site here at lots that we've invested money and purchased or that we have long-term leases with the property owners. Some of them have tailgating options. Some of them don't. You'll get that information in a second. There's another 22,000 spots located on the resort corridor and in other businesses around this area, some of which have said, we're going to handle parking ourselves, some of which we're going to control. So again, we have 35,000 spots. All right. Uh, We're rolling video right now up on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. Uh, Brady, one of our content providers and a producer of all of our late-night podcasts says, uh, on the mile walk, uh, he says, have we seen football fans? Not sure half of them have walked a mile in the last week. <laughs> all right. Uh, ASU Whisker says, $100. JC. Just change, baby? Is, that, like, is he saying it's cheap? No, saying Jesus Christ. Uh, I have to clarify. Stephen Lambert says, in Arizona, 60 to 100 bucks. And that's, I mean, that's comparable, right? I mean, that's an average of 80 if you say, unless there's, right. you know, that's a mean of 80, at least I guess if there's, if there's more that are cheaper than it's less, whatever. But um, yeah, that's about what it is. I, I will, I will just say right now, 
I was asked by a friend of mine who plans to come to some games that lives out of the market, said, if I, ha- if I rent a car, how much is it going to be to park there? This is six months ago. And I said, I'd guess 200 That's my guess. Right now, as we, as we sit here and think about it and where's it going to be, I'm going to guess 200 So I was way high. So I was somewhat shocked that it's this, but I do understand. Like we are, we also travel to games. We've been around. We've we've seen what it's like in other markets. Like I don't think a lot of people when the NFL was coming here knew what they were getting into. Then they learned about PSLs, and guess what? As shocking as that was, as stunning as it was, and some people are still shocked by it. They sold them out, mm-hmm. and people were willing to pay for them. And now they're like, yeah, that's I guess that's what it is to go to the NFL. And now parking, people are shocked, and then that'll kind of go away. Wait until the Super Bowl's here, and then you'll see. Whoa, what is this? And then it'll, it'll kind of go away. Like that's what happens is that you're you're kind of conditioned to do it. And again, if guess what? If if us as a market, if we in Las Vegas decide that's too much and we're not going to drive to the games, guess what happens next year? It goes down. When we were in Oakland, we had about nine thousand total spots. We had about twenty five hundred active tailgates going on in any particular game. So we feel, again, that we have more than enough supply here for the demand that we've seen in the past, as well as the demand that the surveys showed. So we've got 6,500 spots available for tailgating. Make sure if you purchase it that you know that you can tailgate on that lot. Otherwise, you'll show up. We don't want you to be disappointed on game day. That's a good warning. Yeah. Scout it out the first couple times out because it's going to take a while to work things out. And I, I think it's important to have that messaging. Nobody's going to listen, and mm-hmm. we're going to see week one where uh, Armageddon. It's it'll be the preseason game where people are like, what? I can't do this. I can't do this. It's this much. I can't like. This is why they do these I, things. I, I think the ride share is going to be the thing that people go most crazy about because I think you know folks are hey I'm not going to I don't want to pay that much money to park I'll just take ride share and then it's like hey right up to the stadium can't I don't how do you even manage. Um, like those who can't walk the mile, like how do you even explain what? I don't know what kind of si- there'll be a system, I'm sure, but you know everyone's going to be like, yeah, I got a limp, I just broke my ankle, uh, sorry, I got <laughs> a bad course. back, I need to be right up front. And instead, you know, they right now it looks like the plan is, hey, the drop off is around the corner, about you know, whatever, a mile, nine tenths a mile. mile. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's the it's over by Valley View and Tropicana. Well, and by the way, too, you talk about being surprised about things. You mentioned rideshare, but what's the term? Flux pricing or whatever it is. Oh, surge pricing. Surge pricing. It's back, baby. Right. So, like, even then, like, there's no escaping any of this. You don't want to pay for parking. That's fine. You're going to pay out the nose for rideshare services. Like, it might be rude awakening in a lot of that. There's no escaping it unless you're like me and you live on, like, up Russell and you're like, I'll just walk the entire way. Like, there's no way you're getting you're out not, of this. Dude. Oh, I'm not walking. I was like, no, I'm well, saying. I know like, where you live, yeah, right? And it is a straight shot down Russell, but it's a long shot. You better cut about half of the distance down, <laughs> right? But <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like those are the those are the avenues you're going to have to take if you want to avoid like the price. Well, that is going to take. Would you walk? Would you walk from Jones and Russell? Yeah. Okay. That's not, that, that's not that bad, Jones. That's not that bad. Now, uh, Russell from Decatur down to the 15. It, uh, well, is a is a lot longer than you think, and yeah. guess guess what it guess what it feels like. Well, we know what it is if you've driven up it on the way back. Yeah. It's an uphill it's an uphill walk. So, I was I was thinking, is it closer? Like, you talk about a straight shot on Russell. I mean, I have a straight shot. Like, the the entrance on Dean Martin, Dean Martin from my house, I live literally live on Dean Martin, can walk straight up and go to the stadium. Does it go all the way through, Adam? It's yeah. like. 
It's five miles down the 15, isn't it? No, but it's on Dean Martin. You don't have to go on the 15. You just walk well, up I, Dean I don't Martin. think Adam knows where I live either. I'm saying I think I'm closer than you are. I don't I, think so. I don't think so. We'll map it, but I don't. Adam, you are far. You're basically talking about. Quick, say your me. address out loud. Well, no, I mean, he said it. He lives <laughs> down near the South Point. You're going to walk from the South Point up I'm, Dean Martin? I didn't say I was. I'm saying it, I think it would be easier. It, I think it's about the same, maybe shorter. <laughs> and, and, and I'm saying the stadium, the entrance is not on Russell. The entrance is on mm-hmm. Dean Martin. So I have a literal straight shot on one re, one road to go there. I don't think I would. I'm trying to think. It's probably it's probably five miles. So yeah. high golf club. Where you at? By, by the way, Dean, a, Dean ASU Whiskers practice. on the on the video says parking garages. Yeah, the, you're not. You can't park at the parking garages for free. Right. MGM is or whatever. Garages are there. Mandalay, Luxor, right. multiple garages behind the Excalibur. Like you, uh, hey, you know what? That Golden Knights, that that uh, garage that's used for the Golden Knights game, right behind the Excalibur. I'll just park there. That'll be free. Like no, no, it's not. It's not nothing. No, it's not free for Golden Knights games, right? I don't think. No, I don't park in there. I don't. It's, I don't know. Oh, uh, you, you've never parked in there? No, that's one. That's that is one of the main lots. It's what twenty five. I. You know what? I haven't. I haven't been down there. Obviously, with reduced crowds, did nothing up until recently. Um, yeah, I don't even know if it starts at twenty five. It might be a little higher. Well, and and the, the I saw the question on the on the stream right now. How will they police it? Like they'd already do it. The, the The garages they you know they have somebody, you know they have people waiting. They have uh, people collecting money at the front of it. And actually, I don't think they actually collect money. They check your pass. You have to buy it in advance. So you have to buy a pass in advance and then show the pass when you get up there. Yep. Is how they do it. Yeah, Brady said he he prepaid uh, Excalibur tomorrow night for BGK. It's twenty bucks. I'm uh, I'm two miles closer. Yeah, I'm just like it's not even. I, well, I don't know where he lives. I, I thought it was. That's what I said, yeah, Adam just doesn't. Oh, know he doesn't know that. Yeah. No. All right. I don't want to give it away on the air. But you're right. You both have straight shots, so that's the good news. No meandering streets. That's right. Yeah. No rights and lefts. Just straight shot. I Actually, Dean like Martin Russell, is kind of meandering. I think it was like Russell and Grand Canyon or something. No, Russell and yeah. Durang. Okay. <laughs> Rhymes with. I would I would love to see you living at Russell and Grand Canyon. And you go, yeah, let's let's walk down. <laughs> yeah, that'd be oh a nightmare. My God. This has got to be the most ridiculous conversation we've ever had on the highest weighted sports talk radio show. The three of us discussing walking to the stadium. I bet you. I'll bet you. Right now, John, you just looked up how far my house is. Yeah. I'll bet you right now I've walked farther today than it is from my house to. All right, during the break, I don't think the phones are accurate. You better have your phone on. Has it been counting your steps? We'll look at the steps. The Cofield and Company crew is back tonight at 9 o'clock. It's the Law and Sporter podcast with Justin Watkins from Battle Born Injury Lawyers. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Take your hand in there, Dave. There's a lot of chuckling going on during the break. What's breaking? Well, this one first. Uh, Sean, uh, Sean Mangano, who's a regular contributor in terms of social media, um, not a single one of you dopes is walking anywhere close to a mile in September heat. Bet. Walk a mile? It's warm up. Right. What are we doing? It's walking a mile. The alternative is what? 
I don't know. He just says not a single one of you dopes is walking anywhere close to a mile in September heat. All right. Oh, so let's, let, let's put this to the test. I'll say go. say it's 150 bucks to park at Mandalay. Or I have to walk a mile. What do you think I'm doing? Uh, walking a mile. 100%. I will die. You won't die? I don't, I don't. No, no, I'm saying oh. I, do, I don't care. Steve's very cheap. I think you underestimate so, I'm now. I'm so... I am so cheap. If it takes a little physical exertion, then I'm going to do it. I won't die. I'm not in that bad of shape. But it is hot. It Walking is hot. a mile does suck. Yeah. It, it's not it's, it's not ideal as all people are saying, but like it's it's first of all, that's more spots than we thought they'd have around the stadium. Yeah. Within a mile. Yeah. They're able to acquire and and you know, scratch and claw and try to figure out how to get there and it, and it also depends like i'm not again like one of the satellite lots that's south on las vegas boulevard i don't know that i'm that keen walking on the sidewalks on lv boulevard but you know if it's a if it's a safe walk i'm, I'm fine walking it and people get used to it it's the way it is also john can confirm 5.2 miles at 2 a.m <laughs> right oh you walked 5.2 okay at 2 a.m so you're doing you're doing, you were exercising Sure. All right. I thought you were just talking about your your day and That's what I thought. the count on the phone. I also I don't believe the count on your phone because I've tracked the count on my phone and maybe my phone's jacked. Well, I don't. I but don't. It, it's like it's like every step is three steps. Well, I think you can go by the the step counter, but the it, it's different to actually measure out a path that's five miles and and take it. Oh, you did measure it out. All sure. Right. Back in there. Stick your hand in there, Dave. What is iCarly and why is it back? Uh, former Nickelodeon show, now it's on Paramount Plus. But the, the twist is, it was a kid's show back in the day, but they're making it adult theme. So, like, they're drinking alcohol, they're cursing. like Ooh. Yeah, so, like, they're changing it. Jeanette McCurdy's not a part of it, which is a very big Also, NBA playoff tie. Yeah. Andre Drummond. Used to date was one a, of the stars. Oh, yeah. that's right. Was that the was that the chick who talked about his kissing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. She's not on the show anymore. Legal podcast tonight, 9 o'clock, up at Steve Cofield, YouTube as well.